Welcome to Power of X-Men Loki Episode 3 Recap. And I think we may have the youngest guest to ever be on Power of X-Men. Suck it, Nightfall. <laughs> During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when banshees are around. Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you, know, you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but it that would be weird. Answer. But giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and 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 very kind. This is the Power of X Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience. My guest today is a Gen Z Zoomer who watched all of the Marvel cartoons on rerun, not realizing he was late to the party. He watched the entire X-Men anime series in one week on YouTube before copyright bots were invented. All of his comic book knowledge was derived from Wikipedia because the 2000s were a glorious time to be a nerdy kid who couldn't find a damn comic book store within 10 miles he checked out all of his school's library's versions of 2006 X-Men First Class Number 2, The Bird, The Beast, and The Lizard at least four times before they told him to stop. Please welcome, for the first time ever on the podcast, Squire. Hey. Also, fucking got that copy right here. Oh, my God. Look at that. And it's green. It's so fitting that it's green. I know. I love the first class series. It doesn't get the TLC it deserves. I'm honestly surprised. This was in an elementary school's library. Not this one specifically, because I was I was eight at the time. If I had the balls, I probably would have stolen it. But I didn't. <laughs> Wait, um, you were eight in 2006. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You're a baby. I was already <sighs> an old man in 2006. I had a job. I had a job at Marvel Comics in 2006. Oh <laughs> Wait, so how old are you? Youngest person to ever be on the podcast. I am 22. About oh. to be 23. Oh, my God. You're a baby. I know. It's such a great time, though. Though, meanwhile, you look like you're in your, like, Mid to late 20s, bitch. Stop it. I have a really great dermatologist. <laughs> I bet. Oh, my God. You're, you, A, you're beyond kind, but B, I, I, I hope it never comes across as condescending when you're like, oh, you're a baby. Because those years, those early 20s, those mid 20s, they're such formidable years in the best way possible. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> you, you just get to know yourself. And I was talking to an author a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. And there's something about being 15 to 25 that those years feel so real to <gasps> you versus what comes a little later. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just thinking back to like little high school me and how I was so like meek and shy. And then later high school me when I was, the only way to describe me was just gay, <laughs> just gay. And then now I'm like, 
oh, now I'm just a gay nerd. I've finally gotten a second word to me. <laughs> I can't ever picture you meek or shy. I'm sorry. Oh, God. In middle school, I'll never forget it. One of my math teachers, a really loud-spoken football guy, he was super nice, but, like, one day in the hallway, he heard me talk, and it, like, shook him to the core. He was like, PJ? And I was like, yes, this is my voice. I don't use it, but this is what I sound like. And it was his goal for the rest of the year to be like, you should talk more. (laughs) I'm so glad you found your voice. Yeah. Is this your first ever podcast? Have you recorded a podcast before? Okay, so technically, this is my first full episode. I got like the tiniest, tiniest interview from my local comic shop. Like they were just like asking, oh, we just started a podcast. Let's let's ask all the customers to say something about their favorite comics. I think I was about a two minute blurb, maybe. Okay, okay. Well, we're definitely going to get you to speak and use that voice (laughs) this morning. Um, You chose the mutant name Squire. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose Squire? Oh, you can tell the whiskey's kicking in a little bit. (laughs) This is fucking Canadian whiskey from Costco. So, you know. It's the good stuff. Surprise. I only discovered Costco recently because my dead abuelo's card is still active. (laughs) (laughs) So Costco a lot in Miami. (laughs) They only accept Visa. They only accept Visa there. What do you mean? Oh my My abuela died like last year or 2019. No, no, yeah, last year. And uh, I, you know, we it's she was a wonderful woman and she would be rioting, right? She, I am a carbon copy of her. She would be rioting um, about us talking, but I was at home in Florida recently and I was going through, mm. you know, boxes and I found her Costco card and I was like, yes. <laughs> so I went to Costco with my dead abuela's like Costco card. I love how you say that with a smile. <laughs> she would be so happy. She was such a great But also friend. you, Okay, so I know where you live in your area. I am surprised you've never been to a Costco before. But, but like there's the- no there's no Costco around here. Where's there? There's one in the city. There's one like uptown. And of course, I've been with like coworkers or stuff yeah. if we need to grab stuff for work. But I've never been on my own because I've never applied for a membership. Okay, I guess. Okay, it's, so this is the weird part. There's one Costco like I want to say like two miles, maybe less from me right now. And then there's one all the way, I think, five miles from me also. So it's like, I'm never that far away from my Costco. God, you're so close to where I'm at. We need to Kiki IRL. We really do. We'll plan a day. We will have too much fun. Oh <laughs> we, we'll raid Costco for their whiskey. Oh my it's God. on Abuela Nudie. <laughs> God. Uh, you should have seen me Christmas with that eggnog. It was awful. <laughs> I was very intoxicated. A friend of mine had might have had to pull me back. It's a Tuesday night for me, sis. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's circle back, circle back. Yeah. All right, so why did you choose the name Squire? Okay, so with the Hellfire Gala, we just lost Rogue from Excalibur. 
probably one of my favorite books. I don't care what anyone else says. They know who they are when they badmouth Excalibur, but I fucking love it. I don't, with Excalibur, (laughs) like you're talking about me. (laughs) I don't, have I ever said anything negative about Excalibur? I think what I've said was, Teeny Howard, I think, is a great writer. I think that needs to be said and, yeah. and openly acknowledged because she can write a book. It hasn't been my favorite of the Dawn of X titles. I have liked it during Reign of X. I've liked it. I liked it during uh, Ten of Swords, and I've liked it since. But the the kickoff for me was a little. And and by the way, in fairness, the X Office is publishing like a zillion books right now. Oh yeah. And they know that not every book jives with every reader and they've done that purposely. So yeah, that's why I, there's so many. So and I, I, I appreciate that. And, and you know what? And, and Jordan D white said it, he's here. Like, that's okay. You don't like this book. <laughs> no one's upset on their, on their like group Slack. They have a group Slack. Oh my God. And can you imagine like, so I respect that. I respect that so much. And But that being said, though, I think you can wear two hats when you're looking at the books. One, tell me about the quality of this title. And you're like, okay, it's good art. It's good writing. But then B, it doesn't really jive with me. And again, I was most excited about Excalibur. So I had unfair, unrealistic expectations going in since Ten of Swords. I think it's been really good. Yeah, but the difference between you and me is that I never read anything like Excalibur related. Like, I knew Kurt was a part of it. I know of Captain Britain. But I'm going to say this. I, I like Betsy as Captain Britain. I think it's such a female empowerment move. Also, she's bisexual. And then there's Gay Richter over there. So it was kind of, in my mind, the first, like, uh, Dawn of X queer book. Mm-hmm. But also, I just, I fucking love magic. Magic's, like, my favorite story beat. Oh, I love that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, Flink and I discussed this back when we did Generations of X. I love the Merlin and Arthurian legends quite a bit. I don't know how I like them translated into X-Men. That, that yeah. to me, it's a little jarring. However, that being said, though, I, I, I'm with you. I love stories that are, are based with magic. And I, I think Betsy as Captain Britain is brilliant. That, and that's why I was so excited for that book because you have Rogue, you have Gambit, you have Apocalypse, you have Jubilee, you have Richter, and then you have Dead Center Betsy in that beautiful outfit, that beautiful costume that makes her look strong, powerful, and pops right on the page holding the, her, her sword, which is you know her TK. And I was just like, yes! Not to mention, it had fucking Rogue. That was the automatic selling point for me. Love I barely knew Betsy. I barely knew Psylocke. I was like, Rogue is here. Instant <laughs> sell. <laughs> yes, Rogue and, and, and Gambit. So, I mean, he's so sexy. But l- listen, oh, listen. God, yeah. we, we, can, we can go down this rabbit hole. You pick Squire. And I'm trying to remember. He's a, he's a relatively obscure character, if I remember correctly. Right? Hang on, I'm going to Google him really quickly. Actually, the funny thing is, I didn't even know that was a character. Yeah, I don't think he was in Excalibur. I think he... Hang on. Yeah, he's a, he's a Marvel character. Really oh, obscure. He, came, he first appeared in Marvel The Lost Generation number 12. <laughs> Maybe it's a Lost Z generation. 
There you go. Does he see what I did there? <laughs> Someone showing her age today. Oh my god! I'm like your I'm like your really cool uncle. I'm like your cool uncle trying to bond with to you. Say, I was about to say, if you were about to say grandfather, I'm like, you look younger than me. People oh. have mistaken me for 30 once, and I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to jump off the bridge. Oh my I, god, oh my- there's nothing wrong with looking 30. <laughs> I'm 22. <laughs> I'm 22. This all, you when have, I was 19. You you look like a baby. And here's the thing that I'm gonna say: you carry yourself a lot older. You're you're very articulate. You're you're very very well spoken, and you have a, a good presence. So I I understand. I understand when people are talking to you. Maybe if they don't look at your baby face, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, he's like 30 something. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's the fact of the matter is I came from immigrants, first generation, just like you, I presume, right? Yeah, I'm a first generation American. So my brain is always like translate whatever someone's saying into an English that the other person can understand. Mind you, I am not bilingual. Oh, you're not bilingual. I I was more bilingual up until I moved to New York. Now my Spanish, I I have difficulties really speaking, but I understand it perfectly. But my my Abuela Nudi and her Costco card, we only spoke in Spanish. And I grew up on Calle Ocho um, before my parents moved us to other parts of Miami. But Calle Ocho right there. Um, But wait, wait, wait. Okay, we're going to bring this back in. Yeah, bring it back in. I knew this was going to happen because I had been dying. PJ, I'm sorry, Squire, <laughs> Squire. I have been dying to speak to you. You have no idea. Like I've been looking forward to episode three because we're always talking on DMs. We are always talking in book club. And guys, I was like, okay, some of the feedback I've gotten with these episodes, let's try to keep them under an hour. And literally it's already almost 30 minutes into our time. And literally we haven't even begun. So this is buckle in because this is going to be a longer episode, but it's because PJ is here. I'm sorry. Squire is here. And you just, Oh no, no, no. You have to use PJ. You have, you have to use PJ for me. I might have to use Paul for you. And then we okay. have to just find one more P for the power of three. Come <gasps> Stop on. It. Why did you make a charm reference? I'm trying to think. I can't think of a, another P in the power of X-Men community, but I'm sure it will come to me. Fingers crossed. So that way we could, the three of us can kiki together for like, yeah. what's next? Black Widow? Black Widow, Black yeah. Widow. And, and we are going to have Michelle on for Black Widow. Because I don't want to spoil anything that she has coming down the pipeline, but she has something. And that's why I was like, well, if you want to come and you want to talk about Black Widow. But um, wait, so you watched the X-Men animated series. You basically benched it. Like, what was it like? I had to wake up every Saturday morning to watch it and wait to see what comes next. What was it like sitting down and binging it? Okay, so picture this. This is like the mid to late 2000s, mm-hmm. back when websites were posting those episodes yeah. on their website. This didn't happen with the animated series. This only happened on YouTube. This was back in the day when YouTube used to be like, okay, random people posting all the episodes, and I mean all of them, in three parts. Episode one, part one, two, and three, in a playlist for you just to watch. This this was a ridiculous time before <laughs> copyright was like 
as like crazy as it was now. So, so you watched it all in, in, in one seating because the internet was this lawless terrain back in the early 2000s. Yeah, I think I was, yeah, I think I was about eight, like right after I had found this baby. And then I just like went ham all throughout like winter break. So the baby that PJ was showing was the X-Men first class, which we've already discussed. I Do you have a favorite moment from the first class series? So <laughs> this is embarrassing. I, I haven't read anything else besides this one issue from first class. You have to. You know what? The next episode you're doing with us, we're going to be reading X-Men first class. There's this wonderful scene where they go through like man thing and man thing like puts them into like different dimensions and stuff. And of course they come to a dimension where Phoenix, I I guess came back and like killed everyone. And she's up there. She goes mutants here in the final battle of the final mutant war. If you're looking for survivors, you are too late at the end of all things. I am all that there is. And then she sees teen Scott. She goes, Scott, they killed you. And like, (laughs) I was like, yes, this is great. And that is why I love it. And it ends with them talking about fear and Jean being like, yeah, I know what you're talking about fear. Reminiscing that she saw herself as Phoenix and is afraid of it. But anyways, so who is your favorite X-Man? Oh God. Okay. It's Emma, but that's only because I love like evil. Oh, Emma's great. Emma's a wonderful character. If it's not Emma, then it's going to be like Dark Phoenix. <laughs> not, not Jean Grey. Not like Good Phoenix. It's going to be fucking murders broccoli people for fun Dark Phoenix. And she's here like, oh, dirt. Did I kill people? <laughs> look, look, look. It was broccoli people in the Shear like space. All she wanted was some broccoli people and some bird people. She Girlfriend wanted... was hungry. It was chicken and broccoli. She was just <laughs> hungry, okay? I don't know why people are so mad. I, I, can't... Don't I cannot believe you talked about cosmic genocide in terms of <laughs> girlfriend just wanted her chicken and broccoli. <laughs> oh my God. She, you know, I, I wait, wait, what, how do you, how do you feel about Emma when she gets possessed by the Phoenix in end song war song? It was just a vision. And then in AVX, okay, how do you feel so, about uh, an, a Phoenix imbued Emma? Okay. So I only read AVX, but I will say, yeah, I approve of the telepath thing because it's a psionic being. Of course mm-hmm. it goes to a telepath. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate how AVX was just the instrument used to make it like Avengers over X-Men. Like, I agree. You know, the thing about, and we can get in uh, an AVX tangent. We did talk with Legion on zoom a couple months ago about AVX and that episode will air um, soon, but the X-Men were on the brink of going extinct. They believed the Phoenix was coming back to repower the mutant race. The Phoenix has been back to Earth many times since the Jean Grey incident that Iron Man was talking about. I don't know why the Avengers all of a sudden were like, hey, we're going to step in here. And they made the problem worse. And the one thing I will say about this, and I don't know, a lot of people give me pushback when I've said this. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. For me, it's like a huge plot hole. Yeah. When the Phoenix separated and went into the Phoenix Five, 
why didn't the Phoenix Five attempt to repower the mutant race? I don't get it. You want, you want valid, valid. You know, like that, that was, that was what they would have done. That's the only thing with like AVX. I'm like, you're making the X-Men look like, like bad guys. If they would have said, oh, we can't. If we would have had that scene, like we tried to do, uh, make the mutants come back again, we couldn't. So we're going to rebuild Earth in our image. Then you have a more compelling story. But in that moment, we never got it. And I was like, oh, that's a huge plot hole in my opinion. Cause that's what drove Scott Summers and made him a hero. That's why we cheered on the X-Men because they knew the Phoenix had a larger purpose and it was to bring them back. And also here's like the major thing. When you involve the Avengers with the X-Men, I'm always going to say this. The Avengers are always in the wrong mm, because I like, agree. like, let's put it this way. Genosha happens. Fucking Carol Danvers goes to the Xavier Institute to be like, yo, can your kids sign up? And it's like, oh, you mean the dead ones? Here, let me show you the one in the coffin. Like, hey, were you by any chance at the funeral for like an entire island? <laughs> like, well, even in Civil War, when Iron Man was like, come on, Emma, what happened in Stanford was, you know, wasn't right. And she goes, excuse me, Tony. <laughs> Where were you when our babies were burning <laughs> in Genosha? Like, I was like, take them to the cleaners, Emma. Like, it's true. Avengers are dicks when it comes to the X-Men. And it, I stay up late at night angry about that. Oh, same. Literally, that scene from Falcon and the Winter Soldier when Baron Zemo. Was it Baron Zemo? I always forget the name. Yeah, Baron Zemo. You got right. When he goes to, like, Sam and Bucky goes, like, Hey, by any chance, do you go to that memorial for like all the dead people of Sokovia? I'm like, read them to Phil. Oh my God. I wait, I want to circle back on Falcon and the Winter Soldier because obviously mm -hmm. I want to ask you questions about that. Mm -hmm. um, just so people can get to know you a little bit better. Uh, let me continue with some X Men questions. Mm -hmm. Who is your least favorite X Men? Okay, modern day beast. Yeah. Holy fuck. fuck. Holy fuck. The Wolverine Modern issue. The, the Wolverine issue that just came out. I'm just like, these people from Terra Verde, Terra Nova. Yeah, I don't, whatever, however you pronounce it. I'm just like, oh my God, they are so much nicer than anyone gave them credit. Like, I was just like, beast. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Beast, when Emma was making her opening remarks at the Hellfire Gala, and he's here like, Emma's already off script. I didn't agree to do this again next year. I'm like, shut up, Beast. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, as an auctioneer, and I know run of shows, and I know going off mm -hmm. script, anyone who talks like that, like, there's a door. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want a successful event. You, you're a type... A personality that has no room for personality and you're overbearing and you're toxic. Get the fuck out of this gala. No one wants you here, Beast. No one cares. By the way, all the Avengers are there. I haven't even seen them trying to have a conversation with Hank McCoy because they're like, oh shit, we don't know her. That's it. Not only that, but like, I hate the, I hate the Fantastic Four and the Avengers wearing their uniforms to the gala. But oh, that yeah. is better than what Beast wore. It looked like he had a pot belly. Oh, I don't right? even like it. The, the, for me, it's a pouch around the crotch. I just, oh, like, I, no, 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 boy, no. don't. Like that is just, I, Angelito de Dios. Anyways, mm -hmm. moving on. Favorite crossover. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, 
if only because I'm I'm still upset over it. X Men Fantastic Four in the Hickman era, like R.I.P. Franklin yeah. Richards, man. Yeah. R.I.P. Well, he's not dead, but like, no, I'm curious what that was though. I don't want to throw hate at Dan Slott. And I've said this before, like yeah. I, I wrote a message or something and Dan Slott actually replied. You're kidding. And I forgot what it was. And he was here like, please don't say something like that. Cause it's going to bring mm-hmm. haters to me. And it, I didn't say anything that was vitriolic or anything. I mean, it's, I, I said something like, Oh, I feel like maybe that story was inconsequential. I'm, I'm totally forgetting what I said. It could yeah. have been even something as ridiculous as like, eh, I like that issue. Um, but it, it, it just felt inconsequential. And I don't know. I didn't like, why make such a big fuss about it if editorially they were going to retcon that? And they would have known they were going to retcon it. And, and Dan Slott would have been aware that, that Hickman had plans for Franklin Richards. I just don't understand the miscommunication. It seemed, how about this? It, less about the criticism about the story. It just seems odd that Marvel, given how tight they've been with their books and their movies, it seems odd that that hiccup kind of happened. I will say this. It could be a moment of like, okay, he's writing Fantastic Four. This is Franklin Richards. Like he gets priority for whatever story he's telling. But I'm also going to say this about Dan Slott. After, you know, all the backlash and whatnot, his reactions to it, it kind of, okay, this is not shade. This is just like, this is just something I've noticed. It feels as though he's not very good with critique. Yeah. 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 I just, you know, I, I think Superior Spider-Man, he got a lot of hate for that. And that turned out to be an iconic story. Maybe an iconic story is happening here with Franklin. But I, I, will, I will say there is a difference between Doc Ock hijacking Spider-Man's body and Spider-Man quote unquote dying. Like we know there's going to be a resolution later in the line. We as X fans are living in an era where they retcon the twins, not being mutants, you know, Wanda and Pietro. And now you're retconning Franklin not to be a mutant. When we like them as mutants, you didn't need to do anything. And there's, and I can understand Marvel as an IP, as a business, and where it's in everyone's best interest, as Jordan D. White said, to have the twins not be mutants. Fine. Yeah. Great. But now you have all the rights. You have everything back in the house. Why rock the boat for something like that that people are just happy with? You know what I mean? And like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if there's an older school of thought with editorial versus, you know, the quality of books we're getting these days. And I think you do need editors to be a little bit more aggressive and not let writers sort of run so quickly with an idea. But again, maybe there's a larger story with Franklin. It's, I want to say yes, but at the same time, Dan Slott's telling like, I'm going to tell them meh stories because I, I read all of Superior Spider-Man, mind you. Like I know Dan Slott's Superior Spider-Man run. It was meh. You know, not the worst. Did I really need it? It added literally nothing because like Doc Ock becoming Spider-Man way after stories that Dan Slott didn't write were good when Doc Ock was a different Spider-Man. And then they retconned that. This whole thing with his Fantastic Four run, it started off really solid. You know, 
there was that whole thing with like the suspense of Franklin's powers, like, OMG, he's losing power. And there's this big bad who's now after him. Yeah. And then they brought the Fantastic Four all back together and got fucking Ben Grimm married finally. And it was sweet. It was adorable. Mm-hmm. But after that, he, oh, oh my God. It was so pointless. He tried doing the whole like, okay, after everyone is fine with what happened to them, he decided to revisit that and like erase any blame that Reed Richards could have gotten saying, oh, no, 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 Reed, you were right the whole time. It was some asshole from a different planet. And did we really need that? No. No. So Dan's thoughts really good at writing ideas. When it comes down to the story, it's always meh. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. And I think, you know, editorially speaking, I mean, these stories, you know, resonate with some, they don't with everyone. Um, I never really read Superior Spider-Man, so I can't comment on it. I will just say that, like, if they end up doing that in the movies, people will be happy about it. They'll be excited about it, you know, if they if if, if they were to do something like that. But they already did, though. Oh, yeah. Where did they? In, um, what's it called? The most the ongoing Spider-Man cartoon right now. They actually did that storyline. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Okay, we're gonna check. I don't watch the Spider-Man cartoons. I haven't watched a Spider-Man cartoon since like maybe high school. <laughs> maybe. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let, let me wrangle us in here because I want to get through some of these questions because I right, want right. to. I want. I want to get to know you so much more than I already do. <laughs> Which X story are you dying to read but haven't had the opportunity to read? I'm trying to think. There's so many. <sighs> If only because everyone keeps talking about it, I really feel like I need to go into Age of Apocalypse. I just oh my god, yes, absolutely. What are you doing? Literally, just cancel (laughs) your weekend and just download those issues, buy the traits, however you consume your comic books, and read every. It is so good, Squire. I promise you. And you start with Legion's Quest and you end with X Men Omega. I feel at that point, I just need to look up like the complete giant omnibus. And I'm never opposed to buying those things. I've got, oh, I could never read those. I can't read them. I love the omnibuses and I, I have views, a few of them, but I logistically, I can't read that. I mean, okay. Uh, what the biggest one I have is a Green Lantern Blackest Night one. It is, hold up. Let's see if I can recreate it in book length. Double this. <sighs> It's huge. I love Blackest Night. I love that crossover. It was the first DC event I ever learned thanks to Wikipedia. Like, (laughs) that's something we haven't talked about. The fact that all of my comic book knowledge is all from Wikipedia. I know, you know, so Wikipedia, because deal Paul here, when Wikipedia was coming up, you didn't quote Wikipedia back in the day because you were like, oh, it could be wrong. Who's editing this? Now, of course, Wikipedia, it says it on Wikipedia, it's right. Because that stuff is like fact-checked and everything. But yeah. Um, yeah, I wish, I've said this countless times before on the podcast, you know, Zeb Wells told, 
told me he was here like the reason why some of these stories and these characters mean so much to people was because back in the day you did not have wikipedia and you had to go to your comic book store and you had to pray they had the issues you wanted and you maybe picked up an issue that was already halfway through a crossover and you were exposed to characters you knew nothing about but that's all you knew about the character for years until something else came along and it made you a little architect going out and like getting that information so yeah i mean Wikipedia would have been so much easier in understanding things growing. There's still, I still have holes in my, in my fandom because I I've never, I still haven't gone back and finished. I mean, I've read, you know, the Wikipedia pages and stuff, but like certain crossovers, I've never read every single issue because I only got a few of them growing up. Yeah. So this is actually a great segue to Loki. This is how (laughs) I learned almost all my knowledge of Loki. I learned from Wikipedia actual mythology and then comic stuff because, you know, that's how you get through his long ass history. You look at that summary. You have to. It's the only way. But wait, before we transition to Loki, I just have three more questions because oh, yeah. I, I need to know these things about you. How do you feel about the Hickman era as sort of a newer reader? Okay, so. My first, first X-Books that I read besides the one I keep showing on screen, if you're on YouTube, is uh, Mr. and Mrs. X. Totally recommend. I'm about to TM the X-Wife podcast and tell Justin, like, hey, Justin, tell Alicia we're reading 12 issues of Mr. and Mrs. X now because it's really good. Oh, my God. Who was the writer again for Mr. and Mrs. X? Uh, son of a bitch. I forget. Is it, it is Kelly? a woman. Is it Kelly It's Thompson? a woman. Let me see. Kelly Thompson and Mrs. X. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Yes, yeah, Kelly Thompson. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was that and oh, X Men disassembled. The that 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 was a run. That was a. Oh. It came out every week. Yeah. And okay, so this is a funny fact about me. I got every week. I just let it pile up after a certain point because I was just not invested. Like when the solicitations for House of X came out, I was like, I mean, I already went through X-Men Disassembled. I didn't really read it. I I don't know if I'm into X-Men anymore. Fucking X-Men Disassembled nearly got me off X-Men. Dayspring. That is how toxic it is. I Listen, I've seen Matthew Rosenberg on Twitter He's a nice guy. I think some of his other stuff is really, really good. But here's the thing. Even with Matt Fraction, right? His his yeah. run is sort of kind of like, but you read other stuff Matt Fraction has done, and you're like, oh, my God. It does take a certain type of writer to write X-Books. And, you know, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, there's some, I'm, there's some writers who are just great, who just can't do a certain genre or story, but yeah, I, you know what? I liked it towards the end. And actually I liked it when we had Salvador La Roca um, come back in full swing. And I love that ending with Gene tearing the Sentinel and going to kiss Cyclops. I thought that's, and then, you know, she, she looks at Emma, she goes, you, you know, you made everyone forget about us. And they decided to come back and, and, and be reunited. And then, of course, we got Hoxpox, which was, you oh know. Oh, my God. Yep. It was just so great. I, and I, I feel we're going to have that same feeling with Inferno. And it's just going to be so much fun. Are you excited 
for the X-Men to come into the MCU then? At this point, I will take fucking anything with the X-Men. Anything. Yes, I agree. Because they won't, they won't bring them into anything. They won't bring them back into Lego sales, toys, or like the freaking cartoons. They don't even... They don't even recognize them. There's no such thing as a mutant. Well, it's, you know, again, like when Disney became very militant with the Marvel properties, a lot of stuff with X-Men started slowly vanishing. And then we finally got our first hint years ago when they started doing X-Men Legends, like figurines again for the Marvel Legends lines. And we're like, okay, maybe the rights are loosening up a little bit. And then obviously the acquisition happened. I think they're all saving that for when the x-men start coming into the mcu we're gonna start seeing cartoons again we're gonna start you know i here's the thing disney is not wildly promoting the x-men animated series for no reason at all they know how popular it is they know fans love it are we gonna get the lee waltz and larry houston back i don't think so i would love to 100 but i think they have something in mind that they're gonna do so let's see Let's just hope they don't use that horrible animation from the very last season of X-Men Animated. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that that was, I forget, Larry explained it to us. Um, it was a different studio that made those episodes, right? Because the series was supposed to end and then they got brought back and then it was, you know, for a certain amount of episodes and then they brought, they wanted like five more, six more episodes. And so they had to go somewhere else. And by that time, the work had already been farmed out to other yeah. other people had already gone different jobs. So, Hey man, they had Jean without her pony for those last few episodes. And look, I love the high pony Jean, but like, it was nice that she changed her hairstyle after like a couple of seasons. Okay. So what have been your thoughts on the Disney plus shows so far? Oh God. I just, they're all so different. So you can't really compare them. I love the fact that they've been like, Okay, so the movies, we've only been using, like, male villains as if a woman can't be powerful or want stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you've noticed, like, we had Agatha, then the name escapes me, Flag Smasher? <laughs> Flag Smasher, no, you're right, and Power Broker. Okay, yep. And now we're having... <sighs> okay, I'm going to skip ahead. The Enchantress... Oh! I, I don't care. She's the enchantress. I don't okay. care. Okay. okay. Don't you, care. You, knew, you knew we were going to talk about that. That's fine. I love PJ. I love how you just came in and you're just like coming, screaming out with the feels. Fine. I don't think she's enchantress. I'm going to say this. So, what was it? Thor 3, Hela. Hela in the comics is, she's not their sibling. She's tangentially related to Loki. I think she's still his daughter or whatever. In the movies, sister, whatever. She took the place of, I think her name's Angela, Angela. in the comics. Yep. 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 Who was so originally she- in Spawn and then was brought into the Marvel Universe during Age of Ultron. Not the movie, the comic book crossover. Yeah. Yeah. So if anything, what we've learned is Marvel just likes taking bits and pieces of their characters and Frankensteining whatever works with the narrative. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's fair. Um, I, yeah, I wished Hella, 
I wish they would have used Angela in lieu of Hella. You know, A. I don't know if maybe like the movie rights just weren't secure. Maybe it was written in such a way that it could have been, you know, any any character. I did like Hella in it. I would have liked it if she weren't his siblings. Like she could just be evil and everything. But to your point, yeah. okay, so we had Hella, we have Agatha, we have the power broker, and then here, I'm sorry, we have the enchantress. <laughs> Which, and by the way, I want to note because I myself and so many other people have been saying Lady Loki. She's not referred to as Lady Loki. She's a variant. I want to talk about that when we get to it. Okay. Okay. I've got, okay. I've got opinion. Okay. So how how do you feel about Loki in contrast to like WandaVision, Falcon, the Winter Soldier? Okay, so Loki in contrast to WandaVision, this is just something that I've noticed in Marvel. So you know how in like fantasy and in like the comics and everything, magic isn't usually all hand wiggles, mm-hmm. best way to describe it. Like it's usually like an actual thing that they have to work hard for and like show the progression. They only do that with the science stuff for whatever reason. I don't know why. But like with magic, it's just like pops in and out. It's like you know, it just shows up when it shows up. It's not really a thing. Yeah. Well, WandaVision, we, when we first started, it was like, she can do that. Like she, she, we haven't seen her use magic yeah. like that. And, and then, you know, obviously it's explained that the Scarlet Witch has no coven and she has all this raw power, but still you're like, but, but we've never really seen Wanda just use magic like that out of the blue. And she herself doesn't seem too shocked that she, she could do all that stuff because she can move things. She's telekinetic and telepathic, but you know, it's fine. I I see what you're saying. It's not earned. It seems like it's a little bit more, even Agatha's powers seemed ill-defined to me. And one of the things with WandaVision that I'm still wrapping my head around is she was draining Wanda's power before Wanda casted the runes. So I get it. Yeah. You know, she, Wanda tricked her and, and casted the runes that prohibit Agatha from using magic. But how does that make Wanda repowered again? Like in theory, she would still be drained from the magic that had been taken away before the runes had been casted. And I wish the magic order was a little bit more defined. Does that make sense? Am I just rambling? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, my thing is like, they don't really... They don't show a difference in how magic is done. Like one hand wiggle is like change my clothes. Another hand wiggle is like I fucking kill the entire room. Like <laughs> what is a spell? What is a spell at this point? Tell me day spring. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I just want, they didn't even do that in Dr. Strange. I think really. No, well, well, Doctor Strange, they showed him earning that magic, I I will say. I think he did have that journey. And, like, look, I'm fine with Wanda being naturally predisposed to magic. Same with Loki. You know, it's like Loki. like, spells and stuff. Like, they don't differentiate how one magic is different from the other magic. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, this is very fair. Um, I think that's something we're going to have to talk about as well as the episode (laughs) progresses. But, okay, wait, so your feels on the first two Loki episodes so far? Okay, so the first viewing of every episode, I'm like, uh, and this isn't even because I watched it at 3 a.m. with my best friend in Australia. No, no, no. I'm actually fully awake for that. (laughs) It's just like, I'm, (laughs) this is so bad. This shows my generation, like, 
my first viewing of every episode is, okay, I'm looking for the quote, gay stuff. You know, I'm basically looking, I'm looking for Loki making out with a dude. And then I'm disappointed by the end of the episode. I don't, I don't even think Tom Hiddleston is attractive. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Oh, really? I, he's, he's not up there for me, but he does something for me. He, he casts a little spell over me. How about that? <laughs> you know what? Fair, valid. That personality is sexy. I will. Oh, give it's you a that. person. It's a person. Oh and he's handsome. And he has a. He's he's really he's in great shape. He has all funny personality. I love I love the bad boys. Though. I love bad boys. Amen. Again, Cole from Charm. Yes. Uh, oh my Thank god. You. I loved Julian McMahon. There was a period where I was obsessed with Julian McMahon. Yes, but uh, yeah. The thing is, like, my first viewing of the episodes, it's all like where's the gay shit and then the second viewing i'm like wait a minute apply actual queer theory to this not just your one letter of the fucking acronym and then i'm like oh shit i am an idiot i am a bad gay because i only looked for the one thing that was me i forgot everything else okay first of all you're not a bad gay and the fact that you can have that level of introspection with yourself shows how enlightened you are and what a wonderful human being and and conversationalist you are so like you know i i love having conversations and love expanding everything we're not all always right but we we acknowledge we need to learn more and i think that's a testament of good people uh, secondly, that dives in right into the episode, episode three of Loki, because obviously that line of um, the variant Loki, Randy, saying, oh, I would imagine there are a lot of princesses, maybe a prince. And he says a little bit of both. Oh, if you thought that was the only moment of queer shit. Oh, no, no, not, not at all. But it, 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 it confirms <laughs> him being either by pan or omnisexual you know yeah we'll learn a little bit more about hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about what makes him tick but it's so refreshing to hear a character talk that explicitly because again in like endgame we were promised to see an openly lgbtqia plus character and we didn't get it you know we just got one of the russo brothers you know who played a background character and it was like oh you know fine sure thank you thank you because i know they have to slowly introduce those stuff to more mainstream audiences why i don't I'll fucking know that i actually have a thing on that so yeah. that whole thing in endgame was done so that way we would have the gay character character mm-hmm. but it was easily edited out for the Chinese market yep. because over. Yep. See, absolutely. Film scholars fucking everywhere are like. Same with Ed- Beauty and the no. Beast. Exactly. They, they can easily edit that out. And I'm mm-hmm. forgetting where. Oh, and same with Star Wars, where the, the two girl characters who I don't. I'm not. I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not a crazy stan. I'm forgetting the, the scene, but two women embrace and it was done so it can be edited out like completely. Like, like we know that. These shows, technically speaking, probably don't need to be seen for the movies, which is good for them when they're making the movies because, like, all the film scholars currently agree, no movie in America is made without, like, oh, I, how are we going to market this to, like, the Chinese audience market, which well, is also a, a huge, huge part. It's a mm-hmm. huge chunk of the foreign box office. Exactly. That's just reality. 
it makes up a lot of a lot of these movies can hit the billion dollar marker because of the Chinese box office from global markets. Mm-hmm. And look, it's I, I don't work in film, so it's very easy for me to sit here and be like, well, we have to do what's right, you know, and, and, and keep morally morality in check here. But it, it does become a little bit more convoluted of a business question when you're like, how are we marketing this movie to other markets? I don't think it's right. But, you know, I'm not a Hollywood executive. No, <laughs> Although but- I have a shirt that says Hollywood today. <laughs> but um, what was it? I'll never forget. I was watching a video essay. I'm a fucking nerd. That is. Oh, are you a nerd? Are you a nerd, Squire? <laughs> Squire's a nerd. <laughs> nerd. Yeah. It was a video essay on like Disney and stuff. It's uh, by Lindsay Ellis. And I'll never forget. It's a quote by, I think, maybe Bob, Bob Iger or like one of the other older Disney execs where it's like, we are not committed to making art. If we make a profit and we make art at the same time or something, then it just happens. But that's not our goal. We're not here for the art. We're here for the money. That's, that's me paraphrasing, but you get it. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, it's their businesses at the end of the day. And that's, and that's something that I try to always think about when going into a lot of this stuff. But, you know, it's, I think what Disney does really well, and I think we're seeing it with Loki and like the MCU, they have provided an art and an experience. And I think because yeah. of someone like Kevin Feige, who's here, like, actually, you can have your cake and eat it too you can still make in billions of dollars while telling quality stories so i think thank god thank white phoenix or dark phoenix for for uh for kevin feige but this episode of loki okay so just a quick recap you know in previous series that we've done i we've done like a long-winded recap i just think that's kind of boring and i think the conversation is most fun yeah. loki and variant loki find themselves on lamir laminar 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 lamatus lamatus what yeah I've, i'm like laminar lamatus and that is obviously directly from the comics and you know it's it's great it's i'm i'm glad we were there and the apocalypse is happening in the movie, the movie, the moon is falling down onto, onto the planet. And so variant Loki and Loki have to find a way to fix their time traveling space and time traveling device that was broken. Uh, they get into hijinks. They're on a train. Adorable stuff happens between them. We start seeing their chemistry and they get thrown off the train. And the episode ends with them unable to get into the Ark, which was supposed to take them off the planet. And the Ark gets destroyed because it was foretold. And here we are. You, you know, it ends like that. So what did you think of the episode? Tell me, give me all your feels and all your breakdowns. Oh, boy. So, okay, that one scene with the dagger, that was totally just shipping fodder. I, my brain went like, okay, the way most people will see this is a man and a woman, not really Loki and Loki together. They're going to see a man and a woman kind of close together flirting, essentially. Mm-hmm. That was just like, you know, the typical forced romance, whatever bullshit. But I'm going to say this. I am going to call Lady Loki Sylvie because like, number one, that is how she wants to like identify herself. Yeah, and right. I got so- this read after my second viewing of the episode. It's like, okay, so number one, we do know that you are a Loki. We don't know how different your timeline variant is, but assuming 
that you were probably born male and that you didn't like the name Loki, you didn't like the way you were raised and everything, which she didn't. I'm reading Sylvia as a trans identity right now. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I'm curious to see how it's going to work for next episode. I think maybe we're going to get flashbacks. I think there was a a screenshot of Sylvie as a child, but I agree with you. And I think we need to talk about Sylvie because Sylvie is an alias for the Enchantress. And obviously uh, Sylvie slash Loki is saying things like, oh, I'm enchanting you. This is how the enchantment works. So the way Grace Randolph, who does uh, Beyond the Trailer, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Oh, look, there's Apollo in the background. (laughs) Um, Said that her insider information was that Disney didn't want to commit to the Enchantress or Lady Loki per se. It's more of an amalgamation of of both characters. and, and, And that's... It, you know, where, where that takes us later down the line, whether that the scoop is correct or not, you know, to be to be seen. Yeah. But she reported or she said that Disney purposely did that. So it was kind of like a hybrid of both characters. Yeah. But I like what you, I like your translation or your interpretation so much that like, but like, can I don't know how variants work, though. That's the thing I don't like. Variants seem to be like I thought at first. A variant was like the Loki we saw, which is like yeah. Hall of this timeline goes off the 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 path, and I am now a variant, right? But it looks like now that variants can be alternate world, you know, appeals. It, it's not like Paul, me, Paul went and then dyed my hair pink and grew wings, and I became some something else. But I'm still who I am. The way I've been reading this when seeing the variants and they flash the different Lokis is that this, these are like alt worlds, you know, other timelines where they have a completely different history. And it's for lack of a better, you know, analogy here, just a completely different character. So, sorry, hit something. To start, I fucking hate time travel in <laughs> any story. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. I fucking hate time travel endgame was a mess to me and i still stand by that statement i agree i agree i think we're seeing it a little bit more flushed out now but like yeah when it happened i was like mm. because i'm not like, understanding number- everything that's happened oh jesus christ it's like you're trying to apply really bad multiverse theory and like here's the thing that we have nothing concrete on multiverse theory like that it's all theoretical so when you try and do this bullshit I don't get it. Like at this point, I'm like, okay, so the timekeepers are all Lokis for all I care. Or for all I know, (laughs) fucking watch it all be like Freya's. They're just Freya's. He's going to meet his mom again. I love that you said that. No, I I agree with you. I think we are probably going to see one of the Thor actors come in. To what degree? I don't know. We'll, We'll see where it goes. Maybe we'll get Chris Hemsworth um voicing a frog loki or beta ray bill you know i don't know we'll, we'll see where it goes i mean what was it thor uh what was it love and thunder mm-hmm. yeah that wasn't originally a part of any of their grand schemes that just kind of happened right yeah yeah and it's and it's ha- I th- are they wrapped i think they did wrap production because we saw Dang. the shirt that leaked yeah but um, um for the most part like the way they're going to start doing the Thor movies after Ragnarok happened and it's such a success, 
we all know it's going to be like nothing but like insane comedy at this point. Like I've read the current ongoing Thor series and I'm like, wow, this is nothing like the movies. Yeah. I love the current Thor series. I'm not caught up on it. I think I've only read the first five issues where, you know, we were confronting Galactus's boss. Oh my God. I, I really, I love the art. I loved the vibe. I love seeing all the heralds. I love his herald look, but apart, I'm not caught up with wherever we're yeah. supposed to be with it. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. You obviously know Donald Blake, right? Of course. Yeah, he shows up in, like, the later issues. You'll see, like, what happens with him. Okay. But other than that, I think they're still, like, on hiatus, question mark. Oh, are they on hiatus? I didn't know they were on hiatus. No idea. I haven't gotten an issue in from them for, like, I think two, maybe three months. Mm. Yeah. I really, I've been, I enjoyed that series quite a bit. It's made me a huge um, fan of Frankie, who was Nova, you know, she was one of the heralds. I I love her. She appears briefly, at least in in the so far appeared briefly. But um, I love cosmic stories that don't necessarily have to deal with the X Men. Like I, I just read Silver Surfer when I was in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. I was reading Heralds, uh, the the series that was a follow up to Marvel Divas. So um, I I like Loki quite a bit. I'm curious where we're gonna go with it. You know, like this episode in particular, I was kind of like, well, I miss Owen Wilson's character. I kind of want to see where I don't need them stuck on a planet where everything's collapsing and they need to find a way out. Like to me, I'm like, I get they're going to get out, you know, slowed the story down way too much. That's the thing. Like you went from like high suspense of OMG, the plan just started happening. And now they're like, what? Like everything just stopped. And I'm forgetting the actress's name that plays Sylvie. I don't like her as much. I hate to say something like that because I don't think she's a bad actress, but her character. Yeah. If she turns out to be the enchantress, I would be a little disappointed because I just feel like you need someone with more of a screen presence. And I don't think she and Tom have the chemistry. She's very smart. She's a very dry, very yeah. smart actress. That's not to in any way, shape or form talk negatively about her acting abilities. I just don't feel she is a right fit for this role. And I don't know. She, I don't know. There was something about the way they interacted that I didn't even see a shred of Loki-ness in, 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 her, in her portrayal. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's why I keep saying, well, not saying, but thinking, okay, yeah, this, this isn't necessarily Loki. This is like, okay, I'm going to distance myself from that whole identity, however you live your life, because I don't identify as you. That's like me putting back the trans thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. I'm me, I'm not you, you're that, and I'm me, you know? Yeah. I I like that, by the way, and I love that ownership of identity and being like, I'm not, don't call me Loki, I am yeah. Sylvie. I love that o- ownership and that agency, but I need a little bit more. I think next episode we've seen, again, we've seen screenshots of Sylvie as a child. Let's see what that story looks like. And by the way, I'm forgetting, I, I disliked someone and oh, I'm sorry, Ben, let me put you down. I disliked someone, a character. And once I saw like how the entire story played, I was like, oh, you know what? 
don't hate her or don't hate him. I'm forgetting who it was. So, you know, I'll I'll give Sylvie the benefit of the doubt until the very end. And then also you are right in that fucking Marvel movie power scaling is just poor. It's bad. They don't know what they're doing. (laughs) No, I just mm. like, here's the thing though. Lady or Sylvie is supposed to be, I don't know. She's supposed to be like the villain, like, really smart and like i would assume powerful like why why is your only power just enchanting mind control well, like so i'm kind of like confused by how like powers are being rendered in here it just seems like a little like whatever benefits the plot <laughs> like i'm sorry loki can like teleport like did they explain <gasps> did they explain sorry. things like I, I don't know. And I and granted, people can correct me. I I don't know how Loki's powers work per se, but like he is jumping from one, you know, one space to another. Like, who the fuck care, cares if the moon's coming? Just teleport away or just hide out in, in, in between space until it's done. I don't I don't know. I'm or sure it's explained. Teleport to the ship. Why do yeah, we need to teleport train? to the ship? Or, you know, like, so I don't understand that. And like to have like the power of glamour, illusion, creating duplicates, yeah. it just seems that like, wow, you're falling victim to everything. And then when um Sylvie was like, Oh, I'm I can enchant people, but sometimes if they're a very powerful mind, it takes a while because they have to like co, you know, habitate yeah. with me. I was like, Okay, so with the TVA, we saw that, that she couldn't, she, when she grabbed a hold of them, she couldn't, you know, enchant them. But I'm like, but other people in the TVA don't even know what a fish is and are, 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 don't look as mentally powerful as maybe the minute people, minute officers that they have. So I don't, I don't know. The inconsistency for me is, is present with the powers because like, I feel like them being stranded on a planet like who the fuck cares just go you know and i get it like yeah loki has had to use like the the bifrost bridge you know and other things to to t- teleport so maybe he's limited fine sure yeah. i don't feel teleport to the ark it's right there just grab her and, <laughs> and even if you can't teleport long ranges teleport, teleport. To the train yeah teleport to the train just do it <laughs> slowly it's you not, can do it, it step by step hard. yeah do it step <laughs> by step i mean you're two gods i don't get it that's the thing, though. In the MCU, gods means nothing. <laughs> like, like, fucking, you could deck Thor at this point. <laughs> I mean, you, Paul. Paul, you could literally deck Thor, and I think oh. he would go down. I would never That's do that to we- Zaddy. I would never do that to Zaddy. Zaddy Hemsworth, no. Oh, God. So many. I can't <laughs> fucking wait for the additions to the Zaddy roster. You don't even know. <laughs> But yeah, I'm just like, what? How are you a god? Is it just that you live a long ass time? Yeah, I guess it's longevity. <laughs> like, okay, so what makes you different from an eternal? Well, I guess we're gonna find out what makes the X Men or what makes the Eternals different from the X Men. I'm sure we'll see. But yo, man. I have said things about the Eternals and people have like reached out being like, no, we're really excited for this. So I'm not touching the Eternals. <laughs> you know, it's a beloved property all of a sudden. I, I will take, I will, I will take slack with that, but I might take the heat for that then. I, I, I'm, are you excited for it? Did we have a conversation? 
about it. No, but okay. um, I read the first issue of like what was it this year's Eternal thing, and they have a resurrection process. I'm like, mm. are you really trying to erase the X Men that hard? Uh, are you kidding me? I just don't. The thing is, like, when you have people like the Eternals and the Inhumans, when you have the X Men, like. I don't know. And like, look, I think if the the rights had been with Marvel, we would not have seen the Inhumans or the Eternals. I think they'll get a good look. Marvel produces. it. Well, I, I don't know if I can say that after I just said Inhumans, but the Marvel movies yeah. have proven to be good movies, whether we like them or not, whether they're the stories are flimsy. You don't walk away from a Marvel movie being like, well, that was just bad Hollywood. Like, no, it, it may have been mediocre, but they they gave the best that uh, Hollywood could offer, so I I I think Eternals is going to be good, um you know with Loki, you know, it's weird. I don't know how I feel. Like Falcon and Winter Soldier had so much cinematic quality to it, and WandaVision had so much emotion to it. I'm still trying to figure out what Loki is doing really well. I think it has great atmosphere. I, and I certainly am interested in the story, oh, yeah. but I'm trying to think what is their their Ballywick, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to think because, okay, so the difference between the shows so far and how I feel them from the movies right now that I'm thinking about it is, okay, so in the shows, they kind of have the time and the energy to put towards, like, this is the character fighting against a monolith, an organization and bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an evil empire. Oh, fair. That is a very great observation. The movies are just like one and done villains. They always, Loki, as far as I know, yeah, as far as I know, I think Loki's the only villain who really doesn't die, save like maybe Dormammu. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm going through all the movies in my yes. head, I'm cataloging everything. No, but I know what you're saying because yeah. like the the villains, like Hela being a good example. I mean, we can argue that maybe Hela's not dead, but for all intents and purposes, she was done. You know, at the wait, end of Ragnarok. Wait, we can confirm it actually because Ragnarok dead. Oh like, yeah, zero. yeah, you're right. Very good. Um, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And I think that was a really great observation that these characters are going against bigger agencies. You know, Wanda was yeah. going up against S.W.O.R.D. And was it S.W.O.R.D.? It was S.W.O.R.D. in WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, it was S.W.O.R.D. And then obviously Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you had the Flag Smashers and the American government. Oh my God, all <laughs> the systemic racism. And, and, and here you have, yeah, and here you have the TVA. So yeah, that's yeah. a... PJ, and you there was a reason why I was gonna be like, yo, come on, Squire. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, okay, so we're finally dealing with like organizations. Mm-hmm. Like, there's gonna be power vacuums after you take down the TVA. Yeah. Also, like, so we know from the trailer, we're gonna see something akin to President Loki. Yeah. Behind right. him, he's got like, I don't even remember what they were, not Vikings. Not Proud Boys. I don't remember. Hang on, I'm Googling. But like, yeah, they're kind of like, I, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, the parallels to what happened, you know, recently in American history are definitely there with our attire. But yeah, they, so, they look like political Vikings. <laughs> so I think we're about to see like Loki doing that, but for the greater good. But at the same time, it's a bad read. Like sometimes Marvel... <laughs> has well intentions but it comes up a little short like yeah oh here's a good example so 
Next week is that Captain America introduction for the new Asian Captain America. Mm-hmm. And the variant cover says Captain America of the Railroads. Mm. Yeah. So my Australian friend didn't see it because like this is very much just an American thing. Going with the um, the transcontinental railroad, right? I looked it up. The person who made the cover, as far as I can tell, she is not Asian. And also I think she's Mexican. So like I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt of just not knowing that like, <sighs> oh, we have a slur for Asian people because of that stuff. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, it's well-intentioned. I bet you it's probably because the kid like lives in a railroad car or something. He's probably homeless, whatever. But Marvel just like sometimes things slip through the cracks and sometimes, you know, people of that place and minority will see it. Yeah. Well, you know, representation is something that I'm glad Marvel is prioritizing. But that being said, you know, just because you do representation doesn't mean you always have it right. And I remember growing up and being like, oh my God, they finally have a gay character in something. And it was the most stereotypical gay character. That Are you talking Ace- about North Star? <laughs> well, no, not North Star. I'm not even talking about Marvel. I'm just talking about like movies and, and stuff in general. And you're like, wow. Like, cause I thought North Star actually was very accessible for me growing up at least you know of a certain time for me but you know i'm thinking about like a a movie like default movie and they had a gay character in it and it was like the gay best friend and he was just 100 a stereotype no agency no 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 more shades to his personality and you're like at the time you're just grateful for it but as you grow older it's like i don't know if you knew like that was more harmful you know and and i wish someone would have taken the time to but you know what here's the thing uh pj i'm gonna say this i'm glad that at least i'm sorry squire i'm glad at least we can have the that starting point in the conversation so a year from now it's going to be improved and a year from that it's going to be it's always a uphill battle but at least we're kind of going uphill sometimes and again as someone who's called a maricon on calle ocho like every day of my life growing up i love that i can pick up a marvel pride issue you know what i mean oh yeah it's not to say it's perfect by any means but it's starting it's something it's something and i appreciate the conversation but you know i it's like uh me with shang chi or sorry it's actually pronounced shang chi is i've heard other people pronounce it like that i say uh, shang chi um or shang chi excuse me it's shang chi so the a is actually an o i only learned that from simulu oh i didn't know that yeah, because what was it? On his birthday, like, uh, I think like last month or a few months ago, he actually like posted like, so it's actually pronounced Shang-Chi and this is actually how you pronounce my name. So start educating yourselves. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Valid. <laughs> but I think, I, I think we're starting to see that and uh, permeate the media because I've seen the, the pronunciation, the correct pronunciation coming into light. So, and by the way, I'm sure you feel like this as well. I love being educated. If I'm saying something wrong, I want to better myself, you know, and, and that's yeah. how we have to be, you know, and, and we have to unite and we have to be, you know, if this pandemic taught us anything, we got to be kinder to other people oh, and yeah. we need to prioritize kindness. So, you know, we can all sit down and we can have a conversation, but yeah, like, uh, what was it? 
I love right. how we're talking about life on our Loki episode. <laughs> Loki is. I knew life, this was going to happen. You. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I, I just, because I was just too excited to talk to you. Wait, let me, let's wrap up Loki. Is there anything right. else you need to say about Loki? God, I'm trying to think. Well, we all know that they're about to leave in the next episode because for whatever reason, I feel as though, okay, the first two episodes were TVA. Next two episodes are going to be Lamatus, whatever the fuck, the moon. And then the last two episodes, it's going to be wherever the fuck the timekeepers are. Yep, like I agree. It's a weird rule of three because it's six episodes, but like that's just how it's going to be. I want to, you know, it just, I, I feel the ending scene with Sylvie walking away and Loki looking up at the arc was so well done. I didn't understand why people like guards were coming up and fighting with them. To be honest with you, that's still something like the world is ending. I don't know why that's why that had to happen. Maybe I missed something. I only full, full disclosure. I only watched the episode one and a half times. So, um, you know, maybe something happened. There was a beat in the story. I get it. Like they're bad guys and, and the cops need to apprehend them. But I was like, but the moon is literally falling onto the earth, you know? So, uh, what is it? I follow this one YouTube channel. They're called overly sarcastic productions. Mm-hmm. I, I love them. It. They, t- they, uh, they go into trope talks and myths and bullshit like that. So like I rewatched, their episode on um what was it evil empires Mm -hmm. for this reason and i was like yeah you know what this fits like the evil empire thing of just random mooks showing up yeah so it's like it just i don't know i it's it's fine but like anyways we don't need the action scenes i don't need the action scenes when the moon is literally crashing into the earth and 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 they're running to try to get get onto the ark. I thought it was beautifully done. So I thought the last scene was beautifully done, but I was like, it didn't hit the emotional strides it needed to be. I didn't feel like, yeah. oh my god, because I don't believe in any way, shape, or form they're in peril, like actual peril. Yeah, I could be wrong. I mean, the next episode could be them dead, and that's it, and it's a Mobius show or whatever. Oh Fine, <laughs> sure. But like as an as a list as a viewer right now, I. I was like, sure, okay. But I thought it was well done, but anyways. Yeah. So let's see where the next episode is, and I'm looking forward to it. I feel as though these, t- like, episodes three and four, they're just going to have to be, like, all the character interactions before they, like, team up to kill, what was it? They call, Loki calls them the time lizards, lizard men, <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever the fuck. Whatever <laughs> the fuck they're called. Yeah. Um, Squire, mm-hmm. where can the folks at home find you? They can find me at kidwolf underscore one on Instagram. For my birthday, I will actually be writing 30 reviews for comics I have read. Not just this year, but probably retreads of other comics I have read. When's your birthday? August 30th. So the entire month of August, I just look back at 30 comics and go like, "Mm, X-Men Disassembled, 0 out of 10. Well, we're looking forward to that. And of course, you can find that on the Power of X-Men Instagram once it happens. Because of course, we support our own here. And obviously, you know how obsessed I am with you. And I am just so happy that we were able to chat today. Me too. Um, All right, folks. I'm the Uncanny Dayspring signing off.